everyone. My name is Nita. Welcome to my show, the One to Millions Entrepreneur Podcast. From motivational hacks to genuine conversations about how to hypergrow your expert-based business in the smartest way possible, this is where the real talk is happening. Join us each week and really soak up the tips and tricks for honing in on your genius so you can grow your business in the most innovative way. Let's get started. Welcome to the One to Millions Entrepreneur Podcast. Today, I'd like to welcome our special guest, Crystal Clifton. Crystal is a leading voice in high-end positioning and sales. She specializes in growing visionary businesses to the top of the premium market. Crystal's background has made her a sought-out speaker, strategist, and business coach. She has grown multiple vineries from concept to premium reality. Her luxurious wines have been named top 10 in the world by Wine Spectator and were featured in the White House. After years of creating her own thriving businesses, she now helps visionary business owners and women in business. Welcome to the One to Millions Entrepreneur Podcast, Crystal. So nice to have you with us today. Hi, Nita. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So so uh, I remember you shared uh, your story with me and you actually started in your entrepreneur journey really early at, at the age of 21. So looking back at that, you know, maybe you can briefly tell our audience about that story. And, you know, I'd love to know, what do you think, looking back in hindsight, what were some of the advantages and, and challenges of having to start a business at such a young age? Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I was 21, but I also recognized that I had been around my grandmother who ran a business and my father who ran a business. And they came from a generation where the mentality of you have to work hard for your money was so ingrained with them. They, you know, my grandma came from Kansas and grew up with nothing. She had an outhouse. So her coming and running a, you know, series of dry cleaners. She was one of the hardest working women I know. And I would go there. My parents would drop me off as a babysitter and be like, Gary, going to grandma's house. But grandma's house was the dry cleaners. It was not anything fun. And I hated it. I hated it. I thought this is, this is what it, it is to own a business. You're sitting here, you're hot, you're working six days a week, 12 hours a day. And then my dad worked construction, same thing, six days a week, crazy hours. And then when I finally got the opportunity at that young age of working with the winery, work growing it, becoming a brand, I really had this youthful, creative spirit of like, what if this could be the way that I want to run a business? Because letting that youthful curiosity take over instead of that generational story really allowed me to break free of some of that needing to go, you know, run myself into the ground or do a nine to five because I saw the wine business as something I loved doing. I loved it. And I remember I used to joke, you know, even if I won the lottery, I would still do this because it brought me such joy. So one of the things looking back is really finding what your passion is, really finding what your joy is is like the secret sauce that will keep you going. It's better than caffeine because it will just, it, there's no crash to it. It's just this juicy, you know, um, life force that keeps you going. And as long as you don't let it take you over, because that was the other place. I think there was a blessing to how I was raised and how I knew I wanted to be 
following passion because I also looked at everything we did with a very critical eye, very strategy driven. Hmm. So I stayed at the curiosity. Well, how could we do this differently? What else could we do? How else could we build this? And that was really key because I think the older we get, the less open-minded we sometimes become. And that's a huge thing as entrepreneurs is we get this tunnel vision after time. Like, well, that didn't work and this didn't work. And that whole saying forest from the tree simply means you're in it. You can't see it anymore. And so that was a huge thing for me. When you're young, it's almost like you have that playful, like, well, what else can we do? What else can we try? There wasn't this heaviness to it. And, you know, that was really important because we made some really big decisions that allowed us to grow quickly um, and, and stay nimble without being too heavy. As far as like, no, we've invested all this time and money. This is what we're doing. And that was another thing that I really, really would encourage anybody who is starting a business. You don't have to go zero to a hundred the first year. As long as you stay with your passion, stay curious, and also with a critical eye, observing what you can or can't do without losing yourself or overstretching. Because when you're overstretched financially or lack of sleep, that's when the bad decisions happened in my business. I will be honest. That's when, when things became so you know, critical, that's yeah. when we started freaking out. Hmm. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing. So it seems like you, so you came from a background of entrepreneurship and there were many things that your family kind of taught you and then also gave you this perspective of, you know, when it's my turn, how am I going to do it better or maybe different, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I'd love to talk about your successes, but I'd also like to talk about like those those difficult lessons that we had to learn, those growing pains that we had to learn, you know, through entrepreneurship, right? That's, that's like, when people see us, we, they don't see that, right? They, they see our success. No. And they, they're like, Oh, you're so lucky. Or you're so t- talented. Oh, but exactly. I think it's those, those tough times, those obstacles that we had to overcome that are actually the stories that will inspire our listeners that, hey, it's, it's difficult for everybody. And if you stick with it yeah. long enough, and you find the right strategy, you can get there, you know, you can get there the same as, as everybody else that has made it. So what are some, some of those stories that you'd like to share with us that can, you know, help inspire our listeners here? And how did you overcome? How did you overcome those? those well, obstacles? <laughs> when you were talking, I thought about the saying, and I'm sure everybody has heard it overnight success. Yeah. Okay. That saying to me is one of those sayings that I just hope our generation and generations do recognize there is no such thing because even my kids who watch YouTube and they think like, mom, I'll have to do start a YouTube channel and then I'll make a lot of money. I'm like, okay, (laughs) let me break it down for you. There's SEO. There's what's your niche? What's your this? What's your purpose? What's your content? How consistent? So that message of overnight success is a very, and I was told that, oh, oh, wow, you just, you just became a success. Like, oh, wow. You didn't see everything behind the scenes. And that journey is beautiful because those are the lessons that really, really, I mean, like fine wine, it, it ages to perfection. And I think that lessons yes. in life and it, that's that there is no perfect, but there is beauty in everything we do when we just stay the course. And, oh, okay. So if I was to say the biggest failure or maybe lesson, I mean, the word failure to me, 
has a little bit of a heaviness to it. So I've always, I always talk about like, well, what lessons did I learn? Yeah. There are no failures. There, you either win or you learn. Oh yeah. my gosh. So one of the biggest lessons I remember learning, and this might sound a little bit more spiritual than I mean it to, but I really, really didn't understand at the time because it was such a masculine business, because I was working with truck drivers and farmers and forklifts. And I, I know everybody thinks about wine as glam, but trust me when I say it's not glamorous when you're making it. Um, it's not Lucy. You are dealing with, you know, you're picking grapes in the middle of the night. You're wearing disgusting clothes that are sticky. You have these <laughs> things. You're, you're receiving grapes. You're driving a forklift. Yeah. And, and I'm fine with all that. But then there was a lot of men who weren't fine with it. And they would, they would look to tell me like, oh, pretty little lady, I'll just wait and I'll do this later when there's a man around or, or they would justify why I couldn't do something. And sometimes I had to simply realize, you know what, I can't, I'm a shorty. <laughs> I'm a proud five, two and a half. So sometimes I physically couldn't move a, you know, 15 foot tank on a forklift and, and it be safe because I couldn't see certain things. But there was other times where I knew how to do a lot and I could do that. So I think one of the biggest lessons I learned is I used to get angry. I used to get angry when um, that was approached in that way with, well, let me help you do that or we'll just wait till later. Or, and I would, being this you know, fiery person, every <laughs> cell in my body wanted to say, I will show you, let me show you. And by doing that, I didn't realize I gave away my power. That my body after a while got so driven by this, like, I'm going to do this. I'm do, I'm going to show you that I started slowly having health issues. I started slowly having issues that that were unexplainable, like with my back and my stomach and my uterus. I mean, everything. I'm like, what is going on? And I now see that by, by allowing that to determine my worth was a really, really um, a dangerous place for me to stay. Yeah. Now, the other lesson they learned, and I briefly touched on it earlier, is don't grow too fast. Don't grow too fast. We were so proud of our success. We were so proud. And I remember my dad when I told him our next, um, we had somebody come with an offer to customize this huge vineyard for us to build a winery. It would be a 30 year, you know, expense. But in my head, I'm like, this is our dream. It was exactly the way we wanted it. It was Santa Barbara wine country is so expensive. So for somebody to take 20 acres and to plant it and to build the winery for us, and we simply leased it back was a perfect situation for us. But it also meant that when it came online, that we would be doubling our expenses. Actually, we more than doubled it. We tripled our expenses. And that meant that we had to have enough generating revenue to offset that. And we didn't at the time, but we kept saying we would, we would, we would, because we just looked with you know passion and prophetic faith that what would happen. But you know what? It was the, the reason that changed everything because that that made us have to double our production, double our staff, double our team, double our warehouse, double our office instantaneously. So we had to take out a bunch of loans, do a bunch of things. And that stress carried with us for a decade because we never were able to catch up. And then when my dad sat me down at the beginning, he said, Crystal, what could you do 
differently that still allows you to have some version of this vision? Is there another way you could do this without, I'm really concerned you're going to double your expenses. And I thought, my dad doesn't get it. He, and I justified all the reasons, but in retrospect, that wisdom he was sharing with me was so key hmm. because as soon as we were able to renegotiate and navigate and, and change the situation into our favor, but it took us a long time. That's when everything, it felt like we could exhale with our business. So if you are having success and you see the shiny object, you see where you want to go, please know that it's, that journey is there for you. And there might be doors that open, but definitely open the door that allows you to feel confident in that step. And if it doesn't work, be able to still breathe into another version of that next step. Because if it's the, if you feel like it's the one and only, you must do it. Usually that means, and it's going to stress you out if you don't, then sit with that. Like be curious, ask somebody, a mentor, somebody you really admire, Hey, what would you do? Is there another way you think I can achieve this? Because I bet you nine times out of 10, there is. And we just don't sit back and look for that. So that's a huge thing. I wish that and my last thing I will say, (laughs) probably one of the biggest lessons we learned, this is when we were selling our business, is your value system and your brand culture determines the worth of your business, period, end story. So if you have, if you don't have an exit plan, or if you, if you think, oh, I'm going to someday sell my business, well, then you absolutely need to have your brand foundations and be thinking about that as you go. Because if an investor comes along and sees that you don't have any of that, they will give you pennies on the dollar. That's so true. It doesn't matter how successful you are. They will look at you as somebody who hasn't built a culture and they will come in and create the culture and feel like, well, if you want your your business to be valuable, even in the present moment for your clients, but also for future transactions, you know, an exit plan, know your brand values, know exactly the foundations you're building so that you can build a culture around it that is magnetic, that wants to be purchased by your clients and someday maybe even by somebody else. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, at the end of the day, when consumers or clients are buying your products or your services, more than the functionality, more than the benefits that they're getting, it's actually they they have this common why with you, this big belief that you know they buy into your values and your mission and and why you exist on earth, right? So that's kind of like that's that's what's driving the value for your business or your company. I totally agree with that. And and yeah. the insights that that your dad shared with you, I think that's really profound. So thank you for for sharing that with us. Um. So I'm curious, how did you, how did you get, like, how did you know that you wanted to do what you do now? Like, so, so share with the audience, what do you do now? Like you, you help other business owners. How did you know that you wanted to do this? Um, Well, really when I, when we sold one of our wineries Hmm. and I, and I left the winery and I thought, well, who am I now? Because for years, my name was on a bottle, you know, Hmm. Brewer Clifton, I had my name. Like Clifton. I was a Clifton or Brew Clifton. I could walk into almost any Michelin restaurant in the world and say, Oh, I'm Crystal Clifton, Brew Clifton. And they knew me. So there was a lot of, Well, who am I? What do I do with my life now? I mean, I'm not, I really didn't have the passion to go back into the wine business. I'm actually thinking about some other creative things I'm working on. Hmm. But what I did have a passion for was two things helping other passionate, visionary driven business owners learn from my lessons, Mm. make sure that they had 
their strategy, their why, their foundations, and their positioning correctly. And the number one thing is make sure that they have that guidance, that mentorship, and that consultancy that is not formulaic. Because we hired over time and time again, these experts, right? And they would, they would hand me basically a workbook. They're like, fill this out. We'll have a <laughs> meeting. I'm like, this is what I just paid you 15 grand for? I was beside myself. And so my real passion was, well, what could I do that I love doing that really helps others? And, and I feel like when we find that formula, and there's even, I think it's in the, um, I'll have to find it, the one of the books I have has a success formula. I'm like, oh, that's exactly what I ended up doing. I didn't know the formula. I'll have to find it and share it with you. But it was really, what do I love doing? What's my total assets? And how can I, how can I go to a market with that? And it, it really was about first mentorship. I would mentor towards a bunch of women business owners because I, especially having been a woman running businesses, there's a lot of emotions that we carry that are just different. It doesn't make them right or wrong. It doesn't make it, 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 it's just women hold a different sense of emotional value to their worth, to their business, to the relationships in their business. And men are sometimes very non-emotional and they just move forward. As one of my teachers says, you know, man's a train going stop to stop. And a woman sometimes becomes a roller coaster where she gets off where she started. <laughs> so I like to come in and, and especially work, whether it's with a, with a male business owner or female, say, okay, where are you? What's the destination? How can we get you there? And really give them a customized plan that is going to help them. And the one thing I love more than anything is sales. I just love sales. And it's interesting because so many people told me that I, I'm great at sales. And I thought, well, no, because I had this vision, even as a kid, like, that's so weird. I don't want to be a salesperson. Because I loved what I did, because I love people and connecting with people, now I understand that after having been with years of clients, the one thing they need more than anything to grow their business is sales. So yeah. I've really focused now exclusively on how to do sales differently, mm-hmm. how to really customize a sales culture that people love, how to teach them how to really just sell at a premium level, meaning whatever that is for them. It could be premium, could be it's a $12 product as long as it's the best version of themselves. Mm. One of the things that sales is not for me and the way that I teach it, it's not always be closing hustle and grind discount codes and look at your holidays and what can you do for like the next promo. It's, it's about really understanding how to connect to the transformation of your client. How do you really connect because that's the language of sales and connection is currency. That's just it. Where it sales is human to human. So, you know, being able to grow a brand from a garage to having 38 states, six countries, managing all the sales team plus three tasting rooms and multiple websites, it wasn't because I was a perfect content marketer and a perfect digital marketing strategist. I simply loved what I did. And I knew how to connect with the transformation we were providing. I knew we were not a winery. We were a memory making business. So when you, when I filtered everything through that, that's where the sales happened. And when I take people on that same journey of exploring, well, what is it you really do? And we customize a plan there. There's a freedom to it. Like I have a client right now, she's created 
a product she's never ever sold over $5,000. Now she sells $25,000 packages. Another woman went from not having any offer or product she loved or felt good about to now she has six clients buying and three paying full. So my methodologies are really unique because they come from brick and mortar and product. And I have digital marketing space. So I really love how I can work with my clients to merge that connection between the two. Yeah. I, I, I so agree with you. Connection is so important and it's so rare these days. You know, some some people just learn how to to make sales, to close sales, how to close the most sales in, you know, every day. And as a consumer, I I think you get it too, right? Like people will kind of DM you and try to sell stuff oh to you, God. right? It's crazy, you know, in those DMs in the Instagram or LinkedIn. And it's so funny that people are doing it in such a wrong way. They're sending these long pages of emails to pitch you. They haven't even learned what you do or what you need, right? So I think building the relationship and the connection is so important and really seeing the human being not seeing people as, you know, a credit card or just another sales or my commission, you know? <laughs> so it's, yep. it's so funny that we have all these courses available, but so many people, I would say the majority of people are still doing it wrong. So the work that you do is just so important. And I love what you shared that, that you know, it all starts from connection. So let's talk about growing businesses. If you were to provide one strategy that you feel is the most important, like uh, one piece of golden advice to grow your business, what would it be for you? I know we, we love, we have all these strategies, but if yeah. you could only choose one, what would it be? I really, 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 oh, I'm gonna have to choose between two. Okay. So <laughs> if nothing else, it's, it's the, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this one the power of permission. Because here's what happens. We have big visions. We might yeah. vision board. We might even like think, well, I'm going to manifest this and I'm going to create my affirmations and I'm going to meditate on it. <laughs> and I'm going to da 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 and I'm going to download my Tim Ferriss and I'm going to like, okay, great. You got up at 5 a.m. You drank a green juice. You worked out. You're sitting in front of your computer. Like you literally would be running yourself ragged if you did everything the guru said. You just can't. Yeah. So the power of permission to me is the number one thing that I teach my clients is what's good for you and learning how to give ourselves permission to realize that businesses are personal, that businesses are human to human, that when yeah. I'm selling to another person, I'm selling to another person, another human yeah. being. <laughs> yeah. There's no robotic formula. I'm sorry. I don't care what digital marketers say. They are, they are just lying. There's no perfection. We're yeah. human. And so when we give ourselves permission to go, okay, well, what's good for me? And then permission to believe in a, in a better version for ourselves, because sometimes we go, well, wow, there's that comparitis. Hmm. There's this, this, we get frozen when we think, well, I, I, I'm going to do this, this. And then we start looking at all the people who've done it and we think, I can't do that. Okay. But, but what would you need to do to take that inspired action to take one more step closer, right? That power permission, what what part of your soul needs to be given permission? And then same power of permission. If something doesn't go right, it turns into a, a lesson. Okay, I, even though that happened, I give myself permission to love and accept myself and do it better next time. So that to me, that's my golden nugget. I write every morning power permission slips I to love myself. That. So that's what I do in my retreats too. We, we learn, you learn the whole power permission so you can adjust your business your way. 
Yeah. And I think that's so important, you know, because these days, like you can look left and right and see people doing so many things and you're like, oh, maybe I need to be implementing that new marketing strategy or maybe I have to do, I have to be on that new marketing social media platform, you know, and everybody's just like, there's just so many examples out there. You feel that you have to do a million things. And I totally agree with you. You need to really go inside and ask yourself, is this for me? Is this what you really, really want? Because at the end of the day, if it's something that you don't want, I mean, you know, what does success mean? If, if you're successful with it, but you don't really want it, or it's not the right thing for you, then it doesn't really bring fulfillment for you or even alignment for who you are. And yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that is just so important. So thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, yeah. So we still have a few minutes together today. Um, do you have any other, you know, parting words that you'd like to share with our audience? Um, I'd also like you to share, you know, if our audience want to connect with you, want to follow your work, where would be the best place for them to connect with you? Absolutely. You know, the, the parting words are, again, it's a journey. And, and I know everybody says this, but it's so true. Yeah. It's not that enjoy the journey, journey, not the destination. When you hear that, it's actually just be present. Hmm. I really believe that we are in a culture and a time that we are so well marketed to. There's so many perfect brands out there that are perfect logo, perfect look, perfect messaging. And that's beautiful and that's fine, but that doesn't mean that you should just copy or follow somebody else. When we take the time to be present, to actually sit and give ourselves a few minutes of not being on our computer, to actually tune into ourselves or a few minutes to just go, okay, I'm, I'm going to do my emails, then turn them off or like really give yourself that again, the word permission, permission to be present in what you're doing. I know that that's my work every day because as a single mom running, you know, multiple brands, yeah. there are days where I'm like, ah, I got to do this, I got to do that. And then I have to remember to breathe, hmm. be present yeah, and just ask myself, okay, what's the one thing I need to do right now that actually by doing it, nothing else matters. And when we step and start micro chunking it down, that really allows us to be present. And that to me has been the work that's really shifted for me because I'm such a go-doer, you know, go get it, go, go, go. And if I'm always in the go, go mode, yeah, uh, you're giggling because I know you're the same. <laughs> we're the same. Yeah, we're the same. Like, let's do it now. You know, yeah. I know. Like, what, what do we got to do? I mean, yeah. you and I met, I was like, let's do this. Yeah. And, you know, there's beauty in that. And, and I appreciate you because I'm present with you. Like, this is a really special connection. Yeah. And to every listener... This is a time for you to be present. Like, don't just consume content. Actually allow it to absorb. Yeah. Like if you're going to read a book or you're going to listen to a podcast, take the time, like go back and go, write on, have some journal, just write one thing that you really go, wow, I love that. I'm going to really integrate that. John Maxwell says that every time he reads a book, he marks it. Mm. He marks it up. The second time he reads a book, it marks him. Mm. And so one of the things that we have to do is not be in a consumption mode as business owners in a doer mode, but an absorption mode, then doing. Absorb, 
And you can only do that being present. Like yeah. When you think about water, right? If yeah. it's always moving, yeah. it yeah. doesn't settle. You yeah. can't see clearly. So that's one of the biggest pieces of advice that I actually have to, I'm every day. Yeah. This is not, and by the way, I love it. I think it was, um, I have to remember who said this, but I think it was, it wasn't Neville Goddard. I'll have to remember, but they said, you know, this is like, um, mental, mental, um, help mental care. Like you don't just take one shower and you're done. Like you have yeah. to always, I think people think there's a silver bullet. Yeah. It's not, there's no yeah. perfect. There's just you, you're human, you're beautiful. Just be present with that and be okay with that. But also remember to give yourself permission to, to know your vision and get there. Yeah. So that's my big thing is, and make sure you know who you're surrounding yourself with because it is proven statistically that the 10 people you spend the most time with will shape your views on money, health, and your business. Yeah. So make sure if you're not in a group, get in a group. If you're not in a mastermind, find a mastermind. If you if you look around your friends and you're not really thrilled with they're there in their life, then you need to find some sort of group that you do get thrilled and inspired to be around. And the books you read. So what's on your nightstand? Is it a bunch of like, cheesy graphic novels that are beautiful and they're fun, but they don't really change you? Or is it, you know, something that's going to be life-changing? So I'm a big believer in the books you read, the people you're around will change your life. And, you know, God bless my boyfriend. When we moved in together, he was like, how many books do you have? There was, you know, (laughs) just, I had four huge wall-sized bookcases and I still buy books. This whole entire, this dresser is actually, it's filled with books. Yeah. I love books too. (laughs) They're just, I don't know. I find them. And so that's why I say after really realizing the power of permission and presence, I go back and go, okay, what do I need to absorb? Not just consume because I've been in consumption mode for so long that it's, it's now about time to just go, huh, I can read a page and sit with it. It's not about tearing through the book. Yeah. It's not about finishing things, right? And and getting that the, those golden medals and all those things. Totally agree with you. It's like you know when the water, like you use that metaphor, the water's kind of like what it, what was it like? It, it's not still. when the water's moving. Yeah, it's moving. It, it's, you can't see. It doesn't yeah. shift down to where you can see the clarity. And yeah. it's the same in our business. It's yeah. the same in our mind. It's the same in our lives. Yeah. So if we're always going, 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 doing, 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 consume, consume then what happens is all that churning makes it really hard to have a clear yeah. sense of the next step, the next path. Yeah. And when your water's all churned up, you can't see if you're stepping on a rock. You can't see if you're stepping like you, there's a level of unsafety when things are that churned up. You yeah. can't see what's ahead of you. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I'm very similar to you in that way, like go getters and like, Hey, why don't uh, you know, just write five books and get it done this year and, you know, get the message out there and make the impact. You know, I am just like a crazy person. Right. Um, and, and this year, you know, since I'm, I'm doing a PhD too, and I'm like running this business and like, I'm a single mom too. Oh, yeah. I had to slow down, you know, and I had to say, well, this project is not happening now. Let's do it in, you know, two, 2023, 2024. And I actually, a technique that I do, I use is I, I have a bunch of post-its on my doors and in my room, right? Oh, I love it. I would actually write them down, these passion projects of mine, right? I'd write them down and I'd tell myself, you're going to get to do it, just not now. And and then I put it yep. on like this 10-year calendar and I put it really far oh, I away. Love that. And it's like, I get to tell myself that Hey, you're not throwing this away. You're getting to do it. It's just not now. It's almost like giving myself permission to not do it now. <laughs> well, that's just it. I it's the yes and, right? Yeah. I remember um 
you know, when I, when I studied underneath Patrick Lencioni and I studied his methods and we were, we were in a training and he goes, listen, all of your clients are going to be like you. They're going to have a gazillion ideas. You have to run them through the filter of the, all the strategies I've taught you. And if it comes out still not perfect, you have to put it in the parking lot. Yeah. Is this a good idea for the next three months? No. Six months? No. Yeah. Do we have the resources in the next nine months? No. Okay. Parking lot. Yeah. And I just love it. I'm like, oh, okay. Parking lot. Like it's still there. Yeah. You have the keys to the car. Yeah. It's just, you're not driving yeah. it yet. <laughs> and you know what, they, what, like, sometimes when the time comes, you might discover that you don't want to do it anymore. And there's like a better idea or you want to do something else, you know? I, exactly. Yeah. And it's so true. Or there's other times where I'm like, oh, why didn't I do it? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. because it was so small yeah. that in doing that, it actually would have just been done. So sometimes I think we also parking lot little things like yeah. that's procrastination. Yeah, Parking lot, you know, big, hairy, audacious dreams, yeah. like that's good. Yeah. But just make sure you know your parking lot yeah. isn't full of a bunch of that could get done in five minutes yeah. if you just said yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Well, it was so great talking with you today, Crystal. Um, so, you know, our audience, I'd like to encourage everyone to go follow Crystal and her work that she does. It's so important. Um, can you please tell our audience uh, where they can connect with you? Absolutely. So, crystalclifton.com. It's C-H-R-Y-S-T-A-L and Clifton with one F. And on my website, there's actually a, um, I'm going to look this up, but there's a great place that on, it's just resources. And I'd like anybody who is really, if you go to crystalclifton.com forward slash resources there, I actually give away my daily planner. There's an incredible meditation that I use every retreat with all of my clients. It was so amazing. Everybody who does it loves it. It's five minutes. You would even love it. That I have in there. I have also- I'll put the links in the show notes. Perfect. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And there's also um, Secrets of a Seven-Figure Business Mindset. I think there's a huge value in understanding how to give yourself permission to think like a seven-figure business owner. And that's something that I recognize is really important as women in business, you know, less than 5% of female run businesses make it to a million dollars. And so I'm blessed to have said that I was, you know, in that category yeah. and it's really my heart and soul to allow not just women, all business owners to get to their value and be yeah. able to charge their worth and be paid their worth. Yeah. So underneath the resources tab, I really, really would love people to check out what I have. And then I tend to post on Instagram, either my personal Instagram, which is Crystal Clifton, or you can go to the Permission to Be Premium Instagram, and that's you know, where you'll really give more wisdom and business focus. If you want to see all my crazy adventures with my kids in Italy and sailing and all that, that's the personal <laughs> one's fun. That's great. So I'll put all the links that Crystal mentioned in the show notes. So I encourage all you guys to go and check out the resources because they're there are amazing things in her website. Um, and it was so great to have you on the show, Crystal. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Nita. Have a beautiful rest of your day. You too. I hope you enjoyed the show because there were a lot of insights and takeaways that you can implement in your business and in your life. If you like the show and found it valuable, make sure to leave an honest review for us. It might not seem like a big deal, but it really, really is. It will help support us to continue creating these episodes and continue to over deliver the value to our awesome listeners. 
And another thing, I created a two-minute quiz that helps high-achieving coaches, consultants, and thought leaders like you discover their entrepreneurial edge. So go take this two-minute quiz to discover what sets you up for entrepreneurial success and get your very own customized blueprint to take your business to new heights. Visit my website at needalert.com forward slash quiz and just go and take the quiz. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next time.